This is The Guardian. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend that I don't right <laughs> Hold now. it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Science Weekly is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash scienceweekly today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scienceweekly. What really gets your heart racing? Opening an exam paper, seeing a spider in the corner of the room, speaking in front of a crowd of people. Or is it the everyday stresses of normal life? Getting out the door on time, being in a busy space, receiving a bill? If so, you're certainly not alone. According to the Office for National Statistics, around one in three British adults surveyed last year reported experiencing high levels of anxiety. And even for those who get support, it can be difficult to implement calming techniques in the middle of a busy day or stressful situation. But could strapping on a virtual reality headset and turning it into a game help? From The Guardian, I'm Madeline Finlay, and this is Science Weekly. I'm handed this VR headset, and I have a little clip placed on my finger that measures my pulse, how fast my heart's beating. And I'm transported into this very relaxing environment, which is basically I'm sitting on a boat in a massive lake, 
and it's sunset and it's just very beautiful and tranquil. That's Linda Geddes, a science correspondent for The Guardian who bravely went out to test a new anxiety treatment in development by researchers at the University of Cambridge. This voice is directing me to practice a breathing technique where I kind of breathe in, I think, for about six seconds, hold my breath for seven seconds and then breathe out slowly for eight seconds. It's something like that. As I do this and I get more and more into the rhythm of the breathing, the boat starts moving gently forwards and I'm feeling very relaxed and chilled out. And after about five minutes of this, when I'm feeling very calm and I've got the hang of the breathing, suddenly I'm transported into a completely different environment, which is a dungeon (laughs) or something like a dungeon. Horrible. So where are you now? What's going on? I'm underground, sat on a chair. I kind of look around me and there's like a few fluorescent light bulbs to either side a few. And then I look down and see that my hands are strapped to this chair and there's blood on them. I start hearing these sounds of screaming. Um, <laughs> and automatically, you know, I know this is VR and I know it's not real, but I'm automatically kind of like, oh God, where am I? And actually on the on the screen in the kind of corner of my vision, there's a, a little dial, which is showing me how fast my heart is beating, right? And I can see my heart rate already going up. So I kind of immediately try to practice that breathing technique. And I do start to see my heart rate coming down and I feel a bit more okay about this whole scenario until I glance to my left and see this sort of person crawling out and then being dragged off and these horrible noises of crunching and screaming. And then before I know it, there's basically this kind of monster creature at my feet. It's like a kind of grey, nasty humanoid thing with a kind of like blindfold on, but he's kind of emaciated and grey and crawling towards me. What I've been told is that this creature can't see me because he's blindfolded, but what he can do is tune into my heart rate and the faster my heart beats, the more easy it is for him to locate me. So I'm doing everything I can to calm myself down, but I'm not very successful. And he basically jumps on me and um, I think everything goes black. I assume he ate me. I want to know why you put yourself through it. What exactly are the researchers trying to do, aside from scare the pants off volunteers and journalists? Well, I mean, frankly, it was a fun day out in the name of science. But the reason this game has been developed is to try and see if you can use virtual reality to teach people how to help control their emotions in in stressful situations. So the idea is that people who suffer from stress and anxiety are often told or taught about these breathing techniques, you know, slow, deep breathing can kind of calm you down. But it's all very well telling people about these breathing techniques. You're then kind of leaving it to trust that they'll actually practice them at home and that they will actually remember to do them when they're in a a genuinely stress-inducing situation. So the idea is that if you can gamify this whole process and, and kind of create a fun exercise that people can kind of practice at home, that will be a more effective way of getting people to integrate these breathing techniques into their daily lives when they're actually faced with real life stress. Where did the idea of using VR come from? It was actually born out of a collaboration between University of Cambridge researchers and a Cambridge-based game development company called Ninja Theory. And back in 2014, they worked together to create this game called Hellblade. And 
It was basically designed to help people gain an insight into what it's like to live with psychosis, um, which often involves this kind of reshaping of your sense of reality. Some people experience delusions, hallucinations. So they developed this game together to try, you know, which was fun, but which also maybe helps people appreciate what it's like to live with that condition a little bit more and have a bit more empathy for them. What if each one of us is always dreaming, even when awake? And we only see what our inner eye creates for us. The kind of follow-on from that was that they started thinking, well, I wonder if we could use gaming and, and virtual reality to actually teach people some techniques for managing conditions such as anxiety. Because if you believe that Senua's reality is twisted, you must accept that yours might be too. I know it's early days for the study you had a go at, but have they found anything so far in terms of how people are responding to this? So, so far, the, the researchers at the University of Cambridge have been testing it in university students. And what they've shown so far is that when people are on the boat, definitely their heart rate goes down. And then what happens when they go into the dungeon is a bit more mixed. So some people seem to be able to remember to do the breathing and and it does reduce their heart rate. Other people are less able to kind of implement it in that stressful situation. So they need to do some research on why that is. But the next part of the trial is actually recruiting a load of people, splitting the groups in half and giving half of them breathing practice in a boat before they go into the dungeon and the other half just putting them straight in the dungeon to see if practicing this breathing technique does actually help them cope with that stress. There's certainly a lot of reasons to feel anxious these days. So I can understand why learning a practical management technique to help reduce stress would be good. But where do researchers actually imagine that this would be used? The research is very clear that this would never be a replacement for traditional therapy. But it could be a tool that therapists use or it could be something that's recommended to people, you know, while they're on a waiting list to see someone who can give them cognitive behavioural therapy, for instance. And then just more generally to just help people who don't have clinical anxiety or panic disorder or anything like that. Just techniques to help manage their stress in everyday scenarios. What do we know about how particular kinds of breathing relieves feelings of stress and anxiety? I think there's plenty of evidence to suggest that breathing techniques do work to kind of calm people down. It doesn't cure an anxiety disorder, but it can help a bit with anxiety. And there are a few ideas about what's happening there. One is that, you know, breathing becomes this focal point, especially if you're kind of counting your breaths and trying to slow it down, you're focused on your breathing and that distracts your attention away from negative thoughts. Another idea is that it may be triggering your parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for the body's rest and digest activities. And it's basically the opposite of the fight or flight response that you get when you're feeling panicky and facing an anxious situation. A significant part of this is is not just the technique, it's the fact that it's been gamified. So is VR being explored for any other mental health issues? Yes, virtual reality is being increasingly turned to as a potential tool that could be used for all sorts of mental health issues. There was some research that was published quite recently, quite a large trial from a group at the University of Oxford. They were piloting this VR 
technique to help people who are suffering from intense fears about being outside in everyday situations, you know, kind of agoraphobia. And it was piloted through the NHS under the guidance of a virtual coach. These patients were kind of taken through everyday situations, such as going to a cafe or visiting a doctor's surgery, to kind of practice coping strategies for dealing with the intense kind of fear and anxiety they feel in those situations. And this study showed that they did experience these significant reductions in distress and avoidance of these everyday situations when they went back to their normal lives. So it suggests really that virtual reality can help people to practice so that they have some tools at their disposal. So Linda, have you used the tools since you got taught them? Definitely. I mean, I I did this a few months ago now and, and definitely I think I used it around Christmas time. I find Christmas quite stressful, the kind of run up to Christmas. And I I was definitely using the breathing technique uh, a few times when I found myself feeling a bit overwhelmed. And I think it really did help. I feel like I have forgotten that skill and I need to practice it, which is, you know, where this kind of gamification could really pay off, actually. Because if you if you have it, you know, as an app or, you know, you have you have it as a thing in your life, you would practice it more, I think, and it would become more kind of ingrained in the way you cope with those situations. Thanks to Linda Geddes. You can find a link to her article on the podcast webpage at theguardian.com. Before you go, please don't forget to subscribe to The Guardian's podcast series, Cotton Capital, which is looking at The Guardian's links to transatlantic slavery. New episodes are released every Monday and episode three follows award-winning journalist Deneen Brown as she travels to the Sea Islands in the United States to meet descendants of the West Africans who picked the cotton that made Manchester rich. Search for Cotton Capital wherever you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. And that's it for today. The producer was me, Madeline Finley. The sound design was by Joel Cox and the executive producer was Ellie Bury. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.